broadcasting from the campus of Lynn Benton Community College. We are the Mid-Valley STEM CTE Hub. I'm your host, Casey, and this, this is Closing the Gap. Chemistry is a natural science that studies the properties and behaviors of matter. Matter is anything that has mass and volume. So chemistry is pretty much the study of, well, to put it simply, how one thing interacts with something else. I'm very proud to say that my guest today is another instructor from Lynn Benton Community College. Chemistry professor, Amidala Padawang. Hi, Amidala. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Hi, Kizzy. So when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, when I was like, um, it's interesting. I grew up um, in a farmer family, but I always wanted to be a scientist. I think the reason for that is because I um, came across, across with the Discovery Channel show like one day. And that just like so fascinating, anything, like everything about science in general. And I set my heart and my mind that one day I would like to become a scientist. And one day I would like to like work and live in the US. So those are two of my dreams. And I think I'm living in my dream right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, I love hearing that, you know, you're like really making it happen. Yeah. I mean, did, it does not happen like within you know, like a night, right? Like it's all, it's come with like a lot of hard work. That's for sure. And all the support of my family. Um, yeah. Like support me financially and you know, emotionally and things like that. Yeah. Oh, very important. Yeah. I think emotional support sometimes can be just as important as, you know, financially or just being around someone like physically is like really having your back. Definitely. Um, how did you get into chemistry specifically? Is there like a specific like discipline in chemistry that that interests you? Yeah, so um, this is how to go back into high school. So um, because I like science and then I think the, during high school time, that's when I discover more of like which discipline I would like to go to. And um, I decide to go toward chemistry because I think that it's just, it's just, I don't know. I felt like it's just a fundamental that can answer like every question, like um, it's come back to, you know, like atoms building block. And from there it's come to like interaction that they do and things like that. So I choose that. And eventually I won. I actually, I was selected to be in the regional chemistry Olympiad program. So I get to go to the university when I was in high school to work with the chemistry faculty on research and also on like some like problems to train me to become like a national like chemistry olympiad however i did not make it into like the national part so but that's you know like um helped me to like it just like sort of solidified that this is what i want to do so i then won a scholarship from the development and promotion of science and technology program from the thai government that pay for my tuition and also give me the living expense during my bachelor degree as well so I, I received that so I decide to do chemistry because that's one of the program that they have like they, they have the list that I can choose so um, when I was um, in my bachelor degree program I choose to do polymer because it's everywhere around us and I feel like it's um, very crucial that I 
learn you know, like um, some new technology where polymer can be, for example, recycled, or we can um, use some like different materials to make it to be like uh, like biodegradable and things like that. So I choose that. And um, later, this might um, just, you know, like um, later on, I just decide to do something else. And um, I can tell you more about that later. Um, I think polymer is such an interesting way to go because it's just in everything. Um, yeah. I was really surprised to find out that there were polymer layers um, in the face mask that we were wearing um, for COVID, like the disposable ones. Um, I had no idea because I, you know, I look at it, I don't really see any plastic, but um, I guess it's there. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. And um, I think that's why I was interested in. And I think, my, so my research project uh, during my bachelor degree was uh, I studied the speed of the reaction for the polymerization, ring opening polymerization, which is, so polymer make from like different monomer. And one of the monomer that I study is come in a ring. And in order for that to make a long chain polymer, you need to open the ring. So I study the mechanism of that, how the ring is open. And um, by understanding the mechanism, then you can design catalyst to make the reaction to go faster. So that way we can accomplish, you know, like um, a certain uh, polymer in a certain weight range. And that is going to determine how fast it's going to decompose and things like that, right? So in, like if you want to, to, to decompose in nature, you can decide by knowing the mechanism of it as well. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. I have to admit that um, I don't know much about chemistry. So I got a little bit uh, lost with the, the mono is like a singular and the poly is multiple like Correct, connections. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. So monomer would be like just one single unit when you add the when you add them all together, then it's going to become like polymer. So that's the plastic that we are using. Awesome. Yeah. So you said you had gotten your bachelor's degree in Thailand and then you came to Oregon to get your PhD, right? Yes. So I was wondering like what the similarities and differences are going to universities um, in Thailand compared to the United States. And I was also kind of wondering how you decided on OSU yeah. specifically. Yeah. So, um, so similarities, I have to say that university in Thailand and here are definitely like teach, like research based, that's for sure. Like um, all the new research, like professor over there, like, you know, like teach us with the new, like new research and things like that. So we not rely on like the old textbook, but they do teach like, you know, like um, from textbook as well, but it's translated into like Thai language. So I learned everything in Thai. And um, the curriculum also like pretty much the same as here as well, like in terms of when I look at the um, undergrad program here at OSU and compared to like my undergrad program back in my country, they all like um, have similar uh, curriculum. The difference is back in Thailand, the culture from where I'm from, because it's Asian culture, so you're not supposed to like argue so there is not a lot of discussion class or um, where you can actually ask or raise hand, ask professor like during lecture, that's just not acceptable. Let me take it back. Um, it's acceptable, but not many people do it. So it's kind of like weird, like if you do it, if you do it, like people would just think that you are strange, that you just like, how dare are you asking your professor? Like, who are you? And things like that, right? But here, 
um, it's very open. Like if you're curious, you can just raise hand and you ask question and that question get addressed right away. Or if they are not able to answer you, you they will just tell you that, um, why don't you go research this? Or let me get back to you. I will, you know, like, so it's just more like transparent here versus over there, it's just more like you are older than me, I'm younger, so I have to respect you and things like that. So it's just, um, that's kind of like not promote learning much, I would, I would say, um, yeah. And um, so that's what make me struggle most during my PhD program is uh, the discussion class, like as, especially like um, anything with like argument, like if you read research article and then you come and then like critical thinking, right? Like, um, you know, I like do all of that. So I have to train that over 10 years, that's for sure. Like for, for me to be like who I am right now, because just come from like the background and my culture, this is not acceptable. So it's just like, it's a lot of like mindset that have to be changed and things like that. Yeah. For sure. And, yeah. And why do I decide attending OSU? So that's probably have to go back to professor from OSU, like went to my country to recruit student. And um, I just saw the picture of Oregon and I just saw like, wow, the leaf changing color. And I did not know that it's going to rain for nine months. <laughs> <laughs> so I just signed up for it and I got um, accepted. So I come here. But um, before that, I actually got accepted um, to University of New South Wales in Australia. But I declined because I always want to come to the U.S. since I was young, as I mentioned before. Yeah, it's just my dream to live here. So that's why I decided to come to OSU. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, the I think the fall um, colors are a big draw around here. It's so pretty. And then it's, you know, it's gone so fast. Yeah, nobody tell me that it's going to rain for nine months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Surprise. Does it rain that, this much like over in Thailand or um is it fairly dry compared to here? I think uh, the difference is here is like distilling all the time, but over there it's just like pour, like pouring rain for like three or four hours and then it stop. And it's only like a rainy season. Yeah. Cool. So it's not like, you know, like it's not like nine months long and, but yeah, so it's just like a couple months. Right on. Monsoon season. Yeah. Have you ever been there? No, I would love to go though. It looks so pretty. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I would really, I mean, a lot of um, like Southeast Asia just looks so amazing, but I haven't had a chance to go that far away from home yet. <laughs> How did you decide to teach chemistry over like working in a lab? Are there yeah. pros and cons to both kind of career paths? That is a great question. So um, I used to, I mean, I still do. I love working in the lab a lot. Um, that's just, you know, like uh, when I think about my experience during my undergrad program I just enjoy like discover new thing like all the data collection is fun but when you analyze the data and see what is going on that's even like more like fascinating but um the reason why I have to like stop doing because um the reagent that I use in polymer the solvent the dissolved polymer I use uh, chloroform that is actually caused like harmful like uh, reproductive system and I was thinking like one day I want to have kids so I have to just you know like not like I have to find something else that I can do but still involved with chemistry and also another chemical that I use is tetra um, hydro furan that is actually irritates lung so I have some like um, breathing problem ish you know like during that time yeah so I just I just even eventually I have to decide to like stop doing that. And then 
when I join OSU program, I there's a new so at the time Professor Chong was like new to the department and he does computation. So I was like, well, maybe I can join computation because I still can learn about the mechanism, like um, you know, like theoretical theoretical way and understand everything like directly. So I so that's why I decided to join like computation instead. So I don't get to actually do the uh, wet lab during my PhD program. And um, then because I sit in front of computer all the time, so I did not get to interact with people also. So that's kind of like a drawback. Um, then I just decide to like, this is not what I want. And I think when I TA at OSU, I get to interact with students and, and I also can, what do you call it, tell them about chemistry too. So it's just like, I just feel like it's the dream job for me because I get to tell people what I love and also can still like interact with them, you know what I mean? So yeah, so I just decided to teach. What, what kind of classes do you teach at LBCC? Um, at LBCC, I teach college chemis- chemistry for non-science majors. So those students who don't have any chemistry background, so I teach those. Cool. Is that just kind of like an overview of like all the different kinds of chemistry and like, is there any like lab work or? Yeah. So, um, so there are kind of like two, two like category of that. So one of them is for health occupation. So that is just like a glance of like all the chemistry. So it's the I did not go into like much of a detail, but the, the, the other class, which is like college chemistry, we have three uh, sequence and the first one doesn't have lab. The second one and the third one um, come with the lab. So, yeah. Awesome. Can you please tell me about some challenges you face or have faced in your career so far? Yeah. So um, language barrier probably be like my biggest one as well as the cultural barrier. Um, I think um, the language barrier come when most of the time it's just like, I want my student to understand me effectively because I'm not a native speaker. So I am aware of that. And I do my best to you know, like prepare everything so that way, even though they don't understand my accent, they still can like see the lecture note and things like that. So I work a lot to try to eliminate that. Um, and also I, have like fear when I speak like in public so I have to like work a lot to like overcome that fear as well and like I feel like I'm getting better but and better every day but you know like still fear is still fear right like even though you don't talk about it it's still there within you so um yeah so language barrier is is one of the biggest thing for me and sometimes I want to um like I want to communicate in something but I sometimes it's just like I can't find the term or the word I want Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like take it a little bit longer to like for that to come across and for the cultural barrier it's like sometimes I want to use let's say like baseball analogy and no one in Thailand play baseball so (laughs) you know I mean I can't use that analogy so even though I try to learn it I still don't understand you know like the, the game and things like that and um, sometimes some things that I don't like, I'm not, I'm not aware of that is like not acceptable here. When I use it in class, I, I just did not know. For example, when I taught at Willamette University, I talk about entropy or um, like, um, what do you call like the, the degree of disorder. And what I use is I use the perfume in order to like demonstrate that like 
you know, like perfume and spray, it's not going to concentrate in one place, but it's going to, it's going to disperse throughout right. the whole room. And the spray that I use, um, I got it from Ross and it's got the rabbit picture in front of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for me, from my country, this rabbit picture is like a norm because people have like printed t-shirt that they wear, like no, nobody like actually like know what it is exactly. It's just like foreigner brand, uh, brand foreigner brand back in my country. But as I use these in my lecture, one of the male students in the class like, Ami, is that Playboy perfume? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, it's Playboy perfume, right? So I did not know like any like negative thing about a Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it's a Playboy perfume. And um, the department chair was sit in the lecture <laughs> to like evaluate my teaching. <laughs> and then she like talk about this in the department meeting. It's like, yeah, Ami like brought in like Playboy perfume. So I did not know anything. And then I brought it back to home. And then my husband like, why did you bring this to your class? And I was like, I don't know it's just a perfume why like why everyone like keep mentioning about this and he's like this is bad do you know what is the magazine is about and I was like no so <laughs> then my husband had to educate me and I was just oh my gosh I went back to school the following day and I have to apologize my whole class and the department and everyone just laughed so hard like they did not yeah this, they understand it but that's one of the many scenario that I embarrass myself. Yeah. yeah, I could I could see how that could be a little bit embarrassing. Uh, that's a good story though to tell. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so that's an example of like cultural barrier for sure that I'm facing in my teaching career. Oh yeah, what what a way to learn that as well. <laughs> so I know that you've accomplished quite a bit in your career as an educator, and you've put like a lot of time into building student resources. Um, can you tell me about some of the accomplishments that you're most proud of? One thing that I'm most proud of is I'm able to reduce uh, financial barrier from the course materials expense for like my class, my Kim class. And also, um, but, you know, like I'm and also like I along with that, I also create some lecture manual that is like cheap as well for a student to use along with the lecture. And the reason why I'm so proud of this is because I'm from um, the family that I know that um, like I'm not from like a privileged family so like um, I, I understand that students have to work like most of students like that come to community college they have to work some of them are parents as well and you know like they have to like pay for tuition they have to pay for textbook and chemistry textbooks sometimes can be up to like two hundred dollars oh, wow. that's not even like talk about what is it like um, online homework that come with it as well right or sometimes you might have to buy some uh, lab manual that come with it as well, lab notebook. And, you know, it's just like piled up and calculator, for example, that add into all of those. And it can be up to like 200 to $300 per, per term or per, oh. per year. So that's to me, I just feel like when I created uh, the custom made um, open, OE, like the OER textbook, open education resource textbook um, that just helps students to use it for free mm -hmm. but if but that's just like online access if they don't want to use the online access they can also order to print on demand as well I think it's cost like $20 or something like that so it's a lot cheaper yeah than, super cheap you know, 
yeah, then like buying like $100 textbook. Yeah, so that's why I'm proud of this the most, yeah. That's excellent. I know that's a huge barrier, especially when I was, um, well, I guess I'm, I'm still technically a student for another couple of terms, but um, you know, like you're getting in there and you're like, oh, sweet. Like this is uh, the cost of tuition. And then it's like, womp, womp. Then you have, you have to spend like, you know, another couple hundred bucks on all your textbooks and supplies and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'm sure people really appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My grandparents are a uh, farmer uh, back in Thailand. So farmer in Thailand, it's just very poor like I never had any toys or anything um when I look back I just like I don't know why like how they even raised me I remember that I eat rice with fish sauce that's my meal and that's it like there's nothing else there's no other nutrition you know and I just I was like how did I survive (laughs) until like here I don't yeah when I look back it's just like I I'm just very appreciate uh that what everything that they have done like to support me and like uh, help me to be here and um you know like living in my dream that's for sure and so not involved with the what is like career accomplishment I think one thing I am proud of myself also is that I'm able to like support them back now like financially as well so that's just like um a big thing that I always wanted I want to like pay them back in in that sense you know that they support me with everything with with their every everything so um yeah so it's just yeah so that's that's another thing that I'm proud of as well totally that that's amazing I'm glad that you have the ability to do that for them uh what kind of farmers were they or are uh, they rice, rice? Rice. So yeah. So during the rice season, they yeah they do rice, and then um, after that they do corn. But they are they they are not like they did not. I think that education is up to like grade four, because that's the requirement at that time. Like back in my country, but now it's like I think it's like uh, high school now in Thailand. Yeah. So. So they always wanted me to have the highest education. So they would do everything, like take up loan to like send me to school, to go to like tutoring school and things like that. Yeah. Right on. Very cool. That was very sweet. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Many women might not be aware of careers in STEM fields. And what do you think can be done, you know, through the education systems and um, our culture at large to spread the word to women about careers in these STEM fields? Yeah, I think for sure is probably going to have to be done at like the early learning age, right? So for example, for me, the reason why I start liking um, science, it's just because I'm watching the channel, like the you know, discovery channel and things like that, right? So maybe, you know, like in, in school, like high school or middle school, if we have a lot of like science programs such as like science fair or science project or something a student can get involved I think that is going to be a really good like um I don't know just like a really good thing for them to to spark their interest in this yeah and I think not only that also like academic advising as well that probably going to like play role as well for example if students know that they like science but no one tell them what to do or where to go or how to do it they're not going to reach to where, like, they would not know, right, right what are available um, out there and things like that. Yeah, so I think I'm very lucky that my high school teacher, they uh, really educate me on, like, these are possibility of, you know, like, if you want to be involved with science, these are the things that you can do and things like that. So I'm very lucky in that, that um, my high school teacher, like, tell me what 
are the program available and also the Thai government um, really into like science and technology as well. So they, they pump tons of money like to promote those program and give like free money uh, for students to be like in those program as well. So I think um, that's one of many ways to do it. <laughs> and also, you know, like what you are doing now, it's a great thing as well for student and for young women to be interested because they see some people and they will see that, oh, if they can do it, I can do it too. So that's, you know, like that's kind of like a, a role model. And I think that's what you are um, advocate as well, right? You advocate role model for the young generation to see and look up for and, and, and think that they also can do it as well if these people can do it. Yeah, totally. It's, some, it's an aspect that's really important to me and the organization that I work for is to really like put faces out there, people that are doing it. So, you know, people can see others just like them and be like, I can do it too. Um, yeah, I think it's important. So what advice do you have for um, young women that are looking to follow in a similar career path as you? Yeah, I don't know if my advice is an advice, but um, I would just say that nothing is impossible because mm -hmm. it's actually the impossible is actually I am possible, like am possible. Yeah. So I would just say it, go for it. Like I'm from the family that I never ever think that I would come this far and live in my dream that I have dream. I remember like sitting in the rice field my mom said that if you don't want to go to school, because like I kind of like rebel at that age, you know, like around seven or eight years old, it's like, I didn't want to go to school. I want to be with the water buffalo and with the, you know, like rice paddy and play with mud. I don't want to go to school. And my mom is like, you choose like go. So my, my mom asked me to go harvest rice with my grandma. And it's just like a really hot day. And um, it's, I remember like the, the work is so, so hard that I just tell myself that one day I'm not going to work like this. I'm going to work with my brain. And I, so that's, that's kind of like, um, you know, like I just, I, I always think that I'm, I, I want to come to the US, but my family are so poor that I don't think I would be able to because they would not be able to buy me a plane ticket. They would not be able to support me to get a visa or like I won't be able to leave here, you know, blah, blah, blah. But here I am, I'm able to do all of that that I dream. And um, I never think it was impossible. I just think that it's gonna be a hard work for sure. If I I, if I'm going to be here is have to require me is going to like um, require me everything right so um, I have to sacrifice a lot to to reach my dream so that's that's I think the advice for me is that it's not going to be easy for for whatever you are dream of it's going to require everything but it's going to be worth it because that's what if you if that's what you want to do I think um you are going to achieve that by like not just hard work but also um you know just like um what do you call like like inspiration and also things that you just think about like things that you dream and just cling on that that dream and then just go for it yeah so well said i couldn't agree more thank you um so what's what's next for you do you have any goals that you'd like to accomplish in the near future or anything that you're currently working on yeah, so the near future. So again, so the course that I um, was able to reduce the um, financial barrier for the course material is just one class. So in the future, I would like to expand that project into like other class that I teach as well. 
yeah and also probably like um so because we have like more research out every day you know like every month every year so i would like to you know like get into some of the research um like the new research finding and incorporate that into like my teaching in the future as well so that's kind of like um i don't want it to stop like because science is not science not dead is, is alive so um that's what i tell my student as well you know like what i'm teaching you now who knows 100 years from now it might not be true right like i mean if you think about like in the past when we talk about like atom it's just like we don't even know anything about atom or electron now it's like we live in the quantum theory that we know like more about structure of atom than we used to 100 years ago and things like that yeah awesome well thank you so much for coming on today. And I just really appreciate your time and everything you had to say. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of your um, program. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Closing the Gap. If you like this show, subscribe on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at MVSTEMCTE, on Twitter at MidValleySTEM, and online at MidValleySTEM.org. Until next time, keep progressing.